Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and today we share a story about how the Run for God Run Club has rekindled a yearning in someone who is looking for it. And then I'm going to share a story of Highway 6. It's a pretty unbelievable, but 100% true story, and I think you'll like it. And joining me to discuss those stories and a whole lot more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been good. Did you have a good Easter? I did, yeah. Kind of low-key. Stayed around here. Went to some families Sunday evening. But, uh, but yeah, pretty low-key. It's always good just to... I mean, church service on Easter is so special. Yeah. Not, not just because it's a church service, but it's just—I don't know—you you really start to think about that morning. Yeah, I was—I was pretty stressed out on the service because I do the sound at church. Yeah. Well, our uh, worship leader decided that you know he added the choir in a—I uh, don't know—a year or so ago, and so that that complicates the sound guy. Mm-hmm. And well, this past Sunday he added in a full orchestra. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I'm the the point is I run the sound, but I'm not a sound guy. I mean, I'm deaf in one ear and I can't hardly hear out of the other one. <laughs> And so I really have no credentials to be running sound, and I was just a nervous wreck because that's a lot of that's a lot of sounds coming from a lot of places. But it, it turned out great. I mean, yeah. it was I, I've never really listened to orchestras much, but I was fascinated like during the practices and things that how quickly they feed off of each other. Yeah, you know, it's like they know it so well that they start adjusting. Everybody's making adjustments and. I don't know. It was pretty special yeah. to hear that because yeah. we had the choir, we had the band, and we had a live orchestra. Wow, that's pretty awesome! Really but cool. that was incredible yeah, to listen was. to. Man, oh man! Well, well, we're hit. We hit. We had. <clears throat> we had a cold snap here recently. A little chilly this morning, mm-hmm. but we are definitely headed for warmer weather. Yeah, seventy-five glad, and glad sunny yesterday. Yes, and we're going to have somebody. Somebody is going to say over the next couple of weeks. We went for, straight from winter to summer. Yeah, and it's like we've had. It's been great. A month and a half of yeah. of nice weather, yeah. and somebody's going to say it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Uh, this is a guy I talked to just yesterday, State Farm Brandon Combs. We've talked about Brandon a few times. Uh, when you make the right decision, it feels good, like picking the perfect accent rug or choosing a good night's sleep over an all-night crime bench. It feels really good to make the right insurance decision, too. That's why State Farm agent Brandon Combs is right here in Dalton, Georgia, to help you select the right protection at the right price. Brandon will make make sure you understand your State Farm coverage so that you know what to expect if the unexpected happens with State Farm Brandon Combs. You know, that line in there, he, 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 our sponsors send us these things, but what he said is so right. And we'll, you know, we won't park here too long, but I think the, the, the best insurance agents are those who teach. Yeah. They help you understand, just like the best investment advisors are ones that teach you and help you understand. Because when you understand, you got a lot more, it provides a lot more comfort. And Brandon does that. He'll yeah. sit you down and explain and let you ask questions. And so, yeah, give Brandon a call if you need insurance. Absolutely. 
Well, our Facebook post from last week comes from Jennifer Endicott Pollock, um, and she said this. So when we found out that there was a competitive training plan for this year, Laura Jacobs and I both said we were doing that one since this is our third year in the club. Neither of us has kept up with all the workouts, but today we met up, and even though she did not want to do seven miles, we ended up doing just that. Thank you, God. Neither of us can make it to Dalton next week, but I will be running a half marathon locally, and hopefully she can join me. This is, uh, I thought this would be good to remind everybody that we have these extra training plans out there, that mm-hmm. we have a, we have the beginning plan, the idea of just getting you to the finish line, and then we have an additional plan for each distance mm-hmm. to help you get faster if that's your desire. Now, yeah. that may not be your desire, and that's fine. It's all, well, and it's not something we really promote too much yeah. either, because if, if you're coming to running for the first time or for the first time in years, you don't need to start with that one. You need to start with the plan that's online. But, yeah, if you're like them, if this is your second time around or third time around, by all means, jump into that little bit more advanced plan and, and challenge yourself. Provides a little bit of variety, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, if yeah. nothing else, it's it's just doing something a little different than you've done it before. Um, and, of course, they're talking about being partners and pushing each other and helping each other hold each other accountable. That's so important in running. Yeah, because running is hard. To, it's hard to get out there and get it yeah. done. So um, that's always a good thing. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a little while. Um, and the other thing that I noticed um, is that Jennifer and Laura, in this example, they haven't been perfect. Right. You know, they admit we've missed some workouts and things like that, but that didn't stop them from yeah. getting out there and getting it done. And that's a great example for everybody out there because so many of us, we talk about it all the time, that people will quit instead of just marking off that day and moving to the next one. Yeah. And uh, don't don't ever quit. Just keep going because tomorrow, like they said in Gone with the Wind, tomorrow is another day. The, perfe- the perception of perfection is an illusion. That's right. And, and we're going to talk about that in our spiritual lives on down in, in the podcast. But, yeah, I mean, it's – we're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. You're going to miss workouts. But don't let that stop you because nobody hits 100% of the workouts at 100% the right pace 100% of the time. That's right. Nobody does it. That's right. You were on the track the other day when I cut my uh, tempo run a lap short. Weren't you I didn't there? know you cut it short. I did. I cut it a lap short. You didn't tell me that. I did, too. Did you really? Yes. Now well, I, I would have now, ridiculed you now if I would I have known that. Now you're paying attention to I must to not have been paying attention because I would have well, let you have it. I was I was fishing. I would have said I would have used your words against you. You're going to hate yourself tomorrow for that. <laughs> it was, I, my knee was hurting, um, and it started really hurting with two laps left, and I thought, oh, it's just a half mile left, and then it got to hurting a little bit more, and I thought, ah, eh, you know. It was over. It, it, I was good at that point. So. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Hey, we had a trivia question from last week, and uh, I love this trivia question. It, it turns out that this guy that this trivia question is about uh, just passed away recently, and so that's why I thought it would be a good idea to ask this question. It is. In track and field, there is a technique invented by an American high jumper in the 1960s. The technique is named after him. What is the technique called? And did you know this one? I, I, I did. I couldn't remember the the last name, but I, re, I remembered the flop part. Yeah, yeah. Dick Fosbury invented the what they now call the Fosbury flop. Yeah. I mean, this guy came up with this thing all on his own, 
And um, and it's the standard now. It is the standard. I yeah. mean, almost nobody does any other type of high jumping than the Fosbury flop because it is so efficient. You know, back in that day, there were two different methods. There was the straddle, which is kind of like a scissor. No, the straddle no. was where you went over it with your belly down. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And you kind of rolled over the bar. And then there, then there was the scissor mm-hmm. where you did jump over. You went over your butt, your, but but you had to get up pretty high. Well, there was a high schooler at the last meet at Cahulla that did it. The, the did scissor, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Some people just take, they have a hard time trying to do the flop. And, yeah. Um, so anyway, those were the two methods at the time. But Fosbury had tried those, and he just felt like at that point in time he was in high school. And the opening height in high school was five feet at the time, and he just he couldn't get over five feet, and so he had to try to find some other way. Um, so he did, and he came up with this Fosbury flop. And it's funny because when he first started doing it, um, people were watching him try it, and they called it an airborne seizure. That's <laughs> kind of what it looks like. Yeah. It looked like. And uh, of course, he got better. He perfected it, and then eventually made it to the 1968 Olympics and won Olympic gold medal using the Fosbury flop when nobody else was doing that. Wow! And uh, I mean, that's just—it's really cool to think about somebody doing that coming up with something like that on their own and you wonder if there's other things out there that we could do better if we could figure out how to do it Um, yeah but apparently the idea behind the fosbury flop and why it's so successful is that your center of gravity is actually stays lower Mm -hmm. than it does with any of these other methods and that's why you don't have to be able to jump as high if you can get the form down and understand how to do it and so that obviously means you can get up higher over the bar and uh yeah again like you said uh, no almost nobody um i mean you you'll find like you said you saw that one guy it's probably the yeah. only one you've ever seen other than yeah it, it is yeah because it stood out to me when i saw him i saw him from the other side of the field yeah doing it yeah one of the interesting things about this too when dick fosbury invented the fosbury flop just prior to that when they did the high jump they high jumped into sawdust Oh, how messy would that be? They did well. They didn't have a mat or anything. Well, I don't know that it's any messier than jumping into a sand pit for the long jump and triple jump. But yeah, but your back is going. You got to yeah. yeah I don't know. Well, but but remember in that time that a lot of them weren't landing necessarily on their back. So well, that's true. Yeah, but that may be, that may have led that may have been part of the reason why. You know, yeah, you about go landing on your back and your head like they do in the sawdust. That would because sawdust. Yes. When it's compacted, it's not soft. No, that yeah. would hurt. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure that probably had something to do with yeah, that's true. looking for another way to do it. So anyway, interesting. Well, what do we got coming up? Anything exciting? So this weekend, we, we start setting up tomorrow for the Run Club weekend. Got a good crowd coming. A little bit smaller crowd this year. I think so many people went to the Cannonball and to the the gulf shores race and uh but man we've got a great group coming got a few that are already here the the tom and val from ireland are already here we uh went out with on a walk with them last night just uh it's just it kind of makes we talked before the podcast you know it's on down in here we we get those reminders sometimes that you know this this is so much bigger than us and for for a couple to come here for the second year in a row from Northern Ireland, it's, it's just, it's, 
it's so much bigger than us. Yeah. I mean, this has touched them in a way that it's it's different than it touches somebody else in some other part of the world and uh so much different than the story we're gonna read about. And yeah. uh but yeah, I'm excited. We got the the uh, dinner tomorrow night in Cahutta. We've got the um the race on Saturday morning and then the get together Saturday night and the worship Sunday morning. So my favorite weekend of the year, yeah. uh, hands down when it comes to run for God. So uh, I'm I'm excited to share all the stories that are yeah. going to come as a result of it. So uh, it's going to be fun. Well, the ne- it looks like there's a good chance the next couple of podcasts are going to be from people who are actually at, here yeah. here this weekend. Yeah. So um, that'll be fun. Uh, it should be. I'm looking forward to it. You know that moment when you're running and you settle into that perfect pace and then the next song comes on? Don't let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radio Active Station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at JRadio.com. All right, we're back, and we have been begging you now for stories for quite some time, and we still need some stories. Now, you're off the hook for a week or two because we're, we've got some kind of in, in the kitty, but mm-hmm. we're, we're not far ahead. So we, we never uh, need to get comfortable. That's right. Thinking we've got plenty. That's right. We we need to hear your stories, and I'm sure there's got to be some stories to come out of the 5K weekend. Yeah. So uh, write them down. Send them. Send them to us. The story that we're going to share today, she sent those. To, she sent the story to me. It wasn't quite complete as mm-hmm. far as everything that needed to be done. She said I couldn't come up with enough questions, mm-hmm. and so I just made some questions up. Hmm. I don't mind doing that. I don't yeah. mind filling in yeah. for stuff. So do the best you can with what you have. There's some people who write, and sometimes the story's really short, and I'll add some stuff in just to. Yeah. to but yeah. But you, you never make stuff up. I don't make anything in. up. Okay. Nope. That's good. Nope. I'll just maybe elaborate <laughs> or explain in a different way. Yeah. Or use two sentences instead of one. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well,. Let's talk about running form. How, how important do you think running form is to how we run? I think it's I think it's very important. I kind of put it. You may disagree with this. We may get in all that argument over this. I kind of put it in the same category as breathing. Running form and breathing. It's it's one of those things that it is in, it's important, but too much too many times we make it out to be more important than it is and we focus on it so much that sometimes it can it can hurt our running yeah. because we're putting too much focus there yeah you know people people ask all the time or not all the time but periodically people ask should i breathe in my nose and out my mouth or in my mouth and out my nose and my answer is probably different than yours mine is However, you can get the most oxygen. Yeah. I say breathe through the biggest hole in your face. <laughs> yeah. And it's while there is a lot of things that can become better by the way you breathe, you know, cramps or, or side stitches, things like that. I think you hurt yourself by focusing on it too much. And I think yeah. you can do that with form. With form. Yeah. Most people, at least starting out, have relatively okay form. But you can get so caught up 
in trying to perfect your form, it's kind of like, you know, the worst thing that could have ever happened to Chichi Rodriguez, which is a golfer from the 80s and 90s. The worst thing that would have ever happened to him was for him to get a golf lesson. Yeah. He had the most weird-looking golf swing. Yeah. It went against every golf coach yeah. in America. But, yeah, he was one of the top guys on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Jim Furyk, same way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a golf lesson would have hurt him. And so while I think it's important, I don't – we don't have a whole chapter on running form for a reason. That's right. Yeah. That's you know, it's yeah. important, but it's not the end-all, be-all. I'd say the, the chief thing that – causes people because because here's the thing about form form can insulate you from injury somewhat it can if you have good form then you can but changing your form too much can also it can we saw bring it, in injury yeah oh. we, we, yeah we yeah. saw it with her where she she changed and she changed like from one day to the next it completely changed mm-hmm. and then she went with a stress fracture because her body wasn't used to that right. so you do have to be careful with it but i think a lot of a lot of the problems with today's running form is people landing just too hard on their heels just taking that yeah. nice soft shoe that they have and getting used to just pounding that heel into the ground so i would say if you want to get better at running form Take your shoes off occasionally mm-hmm. and run in some grass yeah. and see what that feels like and then try to... Because you really can't run wrong right. with your shoes off. That's, that's right. Yeah. And so take that running form and how, com- how as comfortable as you can get doing that, put your shoes on and then try to do that same thing with your shoes on and you'll find that yeah. by and large, it's pretty good form. And the reason I say you can't run wrong with your shoes off, you can, but it's going to hurt. Yeah, and so you're you're naturally going to change because if you're heel striking, like many people do with those nice cushy shoes, it's it's going to hurt your legs to do it. So you're you're going to instantly change yep. to the right running form, um, and so that's what you're saying. It's not yeah. that you can't; it's that you won't because it it hurts to do it. That's right, and for for the most part. People tend to get better at their running form the more running they do. Sure. So uh, Nate's a good example of that. The kid there in our in our neighborhood yeah. that, that I've been working with, his form is still pretty bad. Yeah. But it's getting way better, and yeah. it's doing it fairly quickly because he's realizing that the more if it, the the, the more efficient he is, the faster he can run. And so if he's trying, if you're trying to run faster, chances are your form will get better. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's sort of like losing weight though. When you when you change that process mm-hmm. uh, of changing your form, you need to do it a little at a time. You know, there's a lot of people who go out there and they'll lose, you know, thirty pounds in a month, mm-hmm. and that's not ne- that's not necessarily healthy right. when when you do that. And so it's better if you're losing. Two pounds a week right. is, is much better for you. And changing your form is the same way. A little yeah. at a time is better. All right. Let's talk about our story this week. It comes from Lisa Snyder. And she titles it, What Run for God Started for Me. <laughs> so very straightforward. Um, and this is her story. I first saw Run for God on Facebook probably about nine to ten years ago. At that time, I was in a local running club and able to run a half or full marathon. I attended church weekly and believed I was in a good walk with Christ, so I didn't register for your run club. Fast forward. Five years ago, I left the church I was attending due to some hurt feelings. 
Then COVID hit in 2020 and had to put running aside due to my job. Most people were either laid off or working from home, but my job was just the opposite. I was working 80 to 90 hours each week on a salary job that was normally 40 hours per week. During that time, all I did was work, eat, and sleep. My exercise was little to nothing during that time, and my walk with Christ had basically been set aside. I ended up gaining a lot of weight during that time and wasn't able to step back into running after that year. I kept making excuses for not attending church and for not being able to run due to my weight. I was unhappy with myself and depressed. Finally, at the beginning of 2023, I decided to make a radical change in my life. I'm turning 60 years old this year, and I needed or wanted to lose weight, along with wanting to run again and learn more about God, so I joined the Couch to Marathon Challenge. Little did I know how much this would change my life. Through your weekly podcast and Thursday night live sessions, I I was learning more about God than I ever had in the past. It drew me drew me in to reading of the scriptures and improved my prayer life with or my prayer life with God. During one of your sessions, Mitch spoke about how important it was for everyone to have a church to belong to. My husband and I had been searching for the right church to attend, only to be disappointed and not going anywhere. Well, the message from Mitch made me realize that we really did need to have a church to belong to. So that weekend, I got online to view some local church services in our area, only to return to the online service from our previous church. Right after listening to our pastor's sermon that day, I realized that I needed to forgive my hurt feelings and return to our home church. It was the best thing that we could have done. I'm so happy, full of joy, and at peace. I know that is it, it is God that did this for me in my life, and I'm so grateful for his grace. I know this is a run club for God, but this club has made such a difference in my spiritual walk with Christ. I can't wait to see what he can do with my running. I know it will be fantastic. Thank you, Run for God, for getting me restarted. That's... um. It's one of those stories that makes you pinch yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we sometimes take for granted about you know we're we're sitting here and we're having a conversation and we're talking about things. We're just sharing kind of our hearts and how we feel, and yeah. you kind of take for granted that we're just just having a conversation. But um, it's really nice to know that. I mean, we pray before every podcast that God moves us out of the way sure. and that He speaks loud and clear through us. And um, you know, it's it's just good to see that God is is doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think there was there's a lot of this going on over the last few years. Um not not necessarily the 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 whole thing about being estranged from the church for a little while, but the the twenty twenty and COVID really, really knocked people off their game in mm-hmm. a major, major way. And I, I you know, I think there were a lot of people who were saying it at the time. You and I talked about it on this podcast. That um, we need to be around people. It's it's yeah. an important thing for us to do, and particularly in church. Um, and we just knew it was going to have a horrible impact, and it did. And this is just one example of probably millions um, of people. Um, this is what scares me so much. We've talked recently about AI, virtual reality, and those things. Because there's going to come a time when people are actually going to prefer AI and virtual reality to actual people. Yeah, you know, since we, you know, we kind of got on a rant 
or at least I did about the AI when you when you did that story that was yeah. AI based, which was it still blows my mind. I've I've had many conversations about that since then, but since that podcast, some very prominent people in our society have come out and said, including Elon Musk, mm-hmm. who is the kingpin of all technology right now, hey, we need to pump the brakes on this. And they're calling for a pause on the development of that technology or the advancement of that technology because, you know, I, 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 I vocalized what I think about the technology, but these people know. Yeah. They're, they're seeing behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And for somebody like Elon Musk or I think Tim Cook was another one, the CEO of Apple, mm-hmm. for these people who, their livelihood and their business is the advancement of technology for them to say, whoa, pump the brakes. That should be a wake up call. It should be. And and there's others who are saying, oh, they're just they're they're trying to pause everybody while they secretly, uh, you know, advance this technology. It's kind of a race to see who could be first. No, I don't I don't think that's the I could be completely wrong, but I don't think that's the case. I think these people are seeing something that. They understand this could be damaging to society in general, you know, and this is not a conspiracy anything. It's just when you start taking away human interaction, yeah. society will crumble. Yeah. No question about it. And I and, and COVID showed us that. That's right. Co- yeah. Society was not the same during COVID and it was it was worse off. During COVID, and it's still worse off. We're still trying to recover. I yeah. think from that, and that was for basically one year, or year and a half, or however long you were locked down in your area. The, these things are advancing that won't go away. Yeah, They're, they'll be here to stay once they get here. So, I applaud those who are saying, "Whoa, let's let's hold up a second. You know, I never really thought about it, but but AI and, and virtual reality kind of fall into the same the same thing as nuclear energy, right? Mm-hmm. Nuclear energy is a great thing; it's fantastic. It's it, got to be harnessed, it, yeah. but it's got to be applied properly. Sure. And these things are going to be great things. AI is going to be fantastic if we use it the right way. Yeah. But just like nuclear energy can be used for total <laughs> devastation, right. so can AI. Sure. So, I just know that one thing about being together and not not being kind of off in our own little world is the the Bible says over and over again. I looked I looked up scriptures. I found scriptures in First Thessalonians, Hebrews, Ephesians, Romans, Galatians, John, First Corinthians, Colossians, Philippians, First Peter. Almost the entire New Testament at one point or another says we should be encouraging one another. And I mean that that tells you how important it is that we get together and that we encourage one another, not mm-hmm. just to get together to be together, but to get together just like in this story, mm-hmm. you know, where you've got or not the, the, not necessarily this. Well, partially this story, but also in the Facebook post for this week where you're trying to encourage each other to, sure. to keep things going. And uh, I think it's important. Wouldn't be repeated so often if it wasn't what we should be doing. Right. Romans three twenty three and 24, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. You know, 
This we we we've said this so many times. Verses hit us different every time we read it. And this one, this one this morning really hit me differently, or or I, I saw a different angle on this verse than I've ever had before. You know, one of the big things you hear um, from those who aren't believers is that well, Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites, and. I grew up in church. I've I've known this verse ever since I could talk. But what we have to understand is that many don't understand this concept. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that many believe the lie that if you're a sinner, you can't be saved. And if you are saved, then you're not a sinner which everyone walking the earth knows is a lie. Therefore, those who are not saved labels those who are as hypocrites. Mm. Are there hypocrites? Yes, but the basis for that argument is flawed from the outset. And I don't know why it hit me that way this morning. You know, we talk about, we, we use the word ignorant, not in a, in a demeaning way. Ignorant, ignorant is just a lack of knowledge. Yeah. Just, you just... And we have to understand that there are people all around us. They don't understand this. They've, they've never heard this verse, number one, but they don't understand the concept that we need Christ because we are a fallen people. Mm-hmm. I think there's a narrative out there that says that, and I don't know this, I've never seen it, but it makes sense that there are many out there who think that we are some kind of secret society that's somehow saying that we're not sinners. And that's that's just not the case. And I don't know anybody who does say that. It, it, that's, a, that's one of those kind of half-truths that, that people perpetuate that don't know any better. Yeah, they, they don't understand it. And right. that's, that's why it's so important that we, we tell them. Yeah, yeah. Um, because... I can see if you try to put yourself in the shoes of somebody. We're, we're reading through Radical right now. I've been talking about that. Mm-hmm. And, and David Platt does a good job of talking about people who have never heard Jesus. They've never heard that name. Yeah. They've never heard Bible. I mean, there are, there are people groups around the world who, if you said Bible or Jesus or even God, there are people groups around the world that, they don't they don't know what that means. Wow. And so that is so foreign to you and I. Yeah. It is so foreign for a a kid that grew up in church, went to church his whole life. That that doesn't make sense, but we have to understand that on a global scale we're in the minority. Yeah. And that there are people and so I say that because we have to learn when when dealing with people and hearing people who say that, because I'll be honest, I've heard people say, well, those Christians are nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. This is where I'm going with this argument. It's so easy to want to go on the attack. Yeah, You're wrong, and here's why you're wrong. Well, they may just be misled. They may just not understand. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's where a lot of arguments come from. You know, that's I was right. listening to a podcast. You probably listened to it, the same podcast, but it was about debating people mm-hmm. and a lot of times when you're debating people we naturally want to go on the attack 
Mm-hmm. But the secret to a, a great debate is understanding where the other person's come from. It's mm-hmm. not saying you agree with them, right? But you got to understand where they're coming from before you can get them on your side. Yeah. And I think this is this is the pinnacle of that is they have to understand that we're not saying you're a sinner. Right. They have to understand that we're all sinners. all sinners. Yeah. And that brings the temperature down. And I don't know, it just it's, it's a good this point. this voice, I mean this verse really hit me different this morning for that yeah. reason that we're more and more we're walking around a society that is and I don't want to use the word I'm not going are just uninformed. Yeah. And it's our job, it's our it's our charge from Jesus himself to go inform them. That's right. Yeah, that's a good. You know, I was thinking about yesterday, day before yesterday. I think it was day before yesterday. We had a track workout with the high school kids, and we were doing something like we, it, that can be known. It's known by several words, several names. It's called acidosis mm-hmm. training. And so I was explaining to them kind of what that was. And it's kind of the same thing. They didn't know what it was. And once they understand what the goal is and what we're trying to do, they they could buy into it more. And so if people understand that you're not just pointing fingers at them and that look we're all in a, we're all kind of in a in a bowl together, it it makes it a lot easier for them to to find a, a place to get a foothold to start talking further. Yeah, you didn't start the conversation with going to that track team and saying, You're a bunch of slow pokes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that you, you you said, Okay, we're we all have the problem of being slow sometimes, and and here's here's something we can do to be better. Yep. And you, as coaches, we know how to start that argument. But many times, when talking to people out in society, we're we're talking to the kid that don't understand an acidosis workout, and we're saying you're slowpoke. Yeah. Now it just really convicted me that sometimes that is my posture. Yeah. Is I want to. I want to attack because I feel like I'm being attacked. Yeah. But what I'm really dealing with is a high school kid that don't understand the workout you're trying to give them. Yeah. And we need to take that same posture. Yeah. By you. grace. Grace. I like that take. First Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God has brought joy, happiness, and peace back into my life. It wasn't on my own strength, but was from God. Of course, that last part is what she added. Um, and, and we all, First Peter 5, 6, and 7, we've all heard it. A million times. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. People have, have cited that one before. Um, and the truth is, being humble, not my strong point. You know, um, you and I are very similar in that we have some st- pretty strong opinions. We're experts on our opinions. That's, that's right. And uh, and so, you know, I, I like to share my opinion. And Now, I, I'll say this about the way I feel about things is I'm very open yeah. to, to somebody else arguing with me and trying to point me in a different direction. I'm I'm way more open than people think I am. But because of the way, like you're talking about, because of the way I handle myself sometimes and the way I argue back with folks, I don't come across that way. And that's really just humbleness, right? Yeah. And uh, we, we can make a big difference if we can humble ourselves. Um, 
Yeah, I think you're like me. You're, we enjoy a debate. I, I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, me and my two boys, every night when we get done reading a story, we wind up debating something. And of course, Holly's just, oh, she does not like conflict. <laughs> and it's, but it's healthy conflict. I mean, yeah. me and my boys, we, we really get into, I mean, it may be theology tonight. It may be training tomorrow night. And we really get down those weeds. And I've said on this podcast, there have been things that, I have changed about because of my two boys. Yep. But I always say, you better come to this debate table with some compelling evidence. That's right. It's not name calling. Don't yeah. come here saying, well, you're just wrong. No, that you're not going to change my mind doing that. Yeah. You're, you're you're never going to change my mind by saying you're just wrong. But bring compelling, well thought out information, and yeah. my mind can be changed. Yep. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that that kind of goes back to what you were saying here just a little bit ago. In that, um, if we can, if we can look at it as we're trying to pass along information and we're willing to gather that same information from other people, because you said you you got you got to understand the other side. Mm-hmm. Well, where where does that come from? It comes from humbling ourselves and being sure. open to. You know, I mean, there's certain things we don't change our mind about, and we don't need to change our mind about. But we're, but we need to be open to listening mm-hmm. to the argument for that other side, so that we can better explain our side of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of these debates we have at nights, you know, Lane and Landon and I. I mean, sometimes it'll go thirty, forty-five minutes. And then we'll finally get done, and we're like, man, that was fun. And Holly's just over there, like, sweating. sweating. Like, I cannot believe y'all think that's fun. Well, my my pastor is just like us. Yeah. And so we got into it last night. And uh, I don't even remember what it was we were debating. But it was one of those things where, you know, I think this, and he thinks this. And we were a little bit different. And we kind of shot back and forth at each other. And he he conceded some things to me, and I conceded some things to him. And we were like, I had something else I needed to do. And I'm like, I need to go do this. He said, yeah, we're going to pick this back up later. Well, but uh, d- And it's fun. Yeah. D- did you listen to the particular podcast I'm talking about? I'm not sure. Where the person Probably. was talking about debating. Anyway, we'll talk about it after. Yeah. But anyway, hey, he said that the origins of debate were to leave a debate with something better than you went into. Right. And debates, especially in our political system, have not turned into that. No. I mean, they've taken a weird turn. But great debating is necessary in our society because, well, it's just like when we go into a meeting about a, a development project. We've, you've t- we've talked about this on here before. I mean, we'll sit around the table and there'll be, I mean, we'll get, we'll raise our voices. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're, everybody around that table is very passionate, but we've always made a pact that we're leaving this united. Right. And if that, if that is the ultimate goal, even a heated debate, is very good, yeah. Because you're getting all those passions out, and you've got to listen to the other sides. And when you do that, and you do it correctly, you're going to leave that session better than you went in. That's right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Well, Lisa explains in, in her case, she's living by this verse, and God has literally, because she has taken all of this stuff and she has given it to God, she has literally changed her life and gotten joy back into her life. She said she was depressed, and now she's joyful. Think about the, the extremes there. Sure. Depressed to joyful, all because she's living by this verse, and uh, that's pretty awesome. 
Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You know, here again, I, I feel like freedom is always ours to, if we're a child of God, freedom is always ours to have, but many times we just don't accept it. Um, how many times do people do just like Lisa did, and they leave the church because of hurt feelings? Mm-hmm. Um, those hurt feelings are exactly what the devil will latch on to, and he'll turn them into resentment. He'll turn them into anger. And before you know it, you're thinking the church is a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like Lisa chose to forgive and reconcile, which is what the the devil will fight his hardest to keep from happening. Um, but freedom is simple and it's instant. And, and but it's it's so so many times it's so hard to do. Think back to the last time you forgave somebody, like it was a like it was a moment. It was a it was an action that you purposely took. I can think back several years back where. I had to do that with some people in my life. We've talked about it on here before. And I'll never forget, I mean, I remember driving to this person's house and there was so much emotion and and doubt and everything in me was just in total consternation. I mean, I was just in a I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. And I know that that was the devil just I mean, he had all his demons just he called in the Calgary because Mitchell's about to do something that's going to set him free, and we need to stop yeah. this. And I'll never forget, even knocking on the guy's door and the guy opening the door, I can see it like it's in front of me right now. The guy opened the door, said, we need to talk. We went and sat down on his couch, had some conversation, and then I'll never forget when I said, all this stuff that happened in the past, I forgive you. Instant. Instant, wow. the devil was gone. Yeah. The weight was lifted, and it is that instant, and it is that liberating. And I remember leaving there, thinking, "Wow, it's one of those times that you need to always reference in your life." Yeah, because the next person you choose to forgive, guess who's coming back? That's right. They're gonna be—he's gonna be back on your shoulder saying, "This is wrong. You That's need right. to hate this person," but. In this story, she chose to forgive whatever happened in the church. I don't know what it is. I don't know what her situation is. But I know a lot of times, when it, if it's with the church, it's petty things. Yeah, most of the time. It's, I don't like the music. I don't like the color of carpet they put in the sanctuary. I mean, it really is yeah, that bad sometimes. A lot of times, yeah. And those petty little things, man, the devil would just latch on. I mean, you read about this in the screw tape letters. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just take that, and the devil's telling his demons, take that and just get all you can out of it. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you turn around two years later after you're just torn in two with the church and you you hate the people there, and you realize this all started because they played a song I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of times that's worse. Now, I'm not saying there's not some serious things that happen, and sure. for those, those are the exceptions. Sure. But they're not the rule. Yep. Um, a lot of times it's – it's and it's the same thing with the relationships. 
you know, the person that you don't like, it's because they said something 10 years ago about the shirt you were wearing <laughs> that yeah. offended you. Yeah. Yeah. And you write them off, and guess who gets right in the middle of all that? Yep. The devil. And this is the world we live in today where this whole victim mentality mm-hmm. thing is is this on steroids. It's mm-hmm. you shouldn't forgive people because people did or said something and uh, or because of who, who you are, what you look like, or so many different reasons why we should be holding grudges against people, basically, is kind of the way our society is built right now. And it's so sad because it's so anti-biblical, so anti-biblical. We should be. Like you said, I remember a preacher saying you should forgive everybody every time for everything they've ever done against mm-hmm. you. Period. And that's it. That's it. That period. And instead, we're taking things. We're dredging up something that somebody did 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're the term they use today is canceling that person because of something they did 30 years ago when they're a completely different person today. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're just looking for things. Yeah. And that's just. You mentioned it. It's Satan sure. inside of us convincing us that this is a way bigger deal than it is when we should be going we should be we should be looking for this freedom that she's talking about in this verse that the freedom is the freedom came when you forgave, not not when you were holding that grudge. Sure. Yeah, you're free to think you're free to hold a grudge. <laughs> holding a but, grudge only but only affects the person who's holding the grudge. That's right. Yeah. And I mean we just come off of Easter. And the picture of Jesus, them driving spikes through his hands and his feet, all the while Jesus is saying, God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, how can we hold a grudge against anybody for anything Amen. when we see that as the, the standard by which we're to live? That's it. Here's a question. Why do we need to attend church? Can't I be a good Christian without church? Yeah, once again, the Bible is full of statements about how we should be helping each other out. Um, and we need to be together to be effective at that. Um, you know, the on, the run club group, the, the online group is great for that, right? It is encouraging one another, and that's great. But we also need, we know we need physical contact. Yeah, it can't replace. This club just should not no. replace. No. Your home church. And how do we know? We can look back at 2020. We can see what yeah. happens when we pull that away. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we went through all that to begin with, was so we could see the value of people gathering together. God knew. I never thought about this. I never put all this together. But God knew that all this AI stuff hmm. was coming. Mm-hmm. And maybe he needed to show us a good example of, well, here's what happens when you isolate yourself from other people. This is not going to be good. Well, I mean, but God, so many, there's so many things where we are the same as the wild. And by the wild, I mean nature. I mean, yeah, you're right. Scripture says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some. Some people are doing this, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Well, tomorrow, one more one day closer to Jesus coming than today. Mm -hmm. So the day is always approaching, number one. But how does a lion kill a Cape Buffalo? How does a lion kill a Cape Buffalo? It isolates it from the herd. Mm -hmm. How does a wolf kill a sheep? It isolates it from the herd. Mm -hmm. How does the devil steal joy from believers? He separates you from your herd. How does the devil drag you to hell? He prevents you from ever joining a herd. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And our church is our herd. Our church is our tribe. It's our people. And it's our family. Mm. And (laughs) church has gotten pretty casual nowadays. And and casual in some ways that I like. You know, I I, I like that I don't have to wear a three-piece suit to church. Yeah. But we've gotten casual in our um, in our relationships. Yeah. Um, the, these are not just casual acquaintances. Yeah. These should be your family. And if you leave your church, it should be just as serious and heart wrenching and. You should struggle with it just as much as you struggle with making the decision not to talk to a family member for whatever reason. And there are valid reasons in some sure. cases. My my father was one of those with, sure. with alcohol and things like that. So, But it needs to rise to that level. Yeah. But we are so flippant yeah. nowadays about we're going somewhere to get what we need. Or what? No. I shouldn't say need. We go somewhere because we feel like we're not getting what we need there, and we'll get it somewhere else. Yeah. Well, going to church is not about getting what you want. Yeah, It's about being edified and edifying others. Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Mm-hmm. This is a picture of... One day you're doing for me, the next day I'm doing for you. And this mm-hmm. is this is where the beauty of community, it's where the beauty of this run club comes in. Yeah. So one day somebody's going to be on top of the world and had the best run ever, and they're going to be an encouragement to somebody that just had a bad run. Yeah. Well, the next day, guess what? Tables are turned. Tables turn. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture of our church. And yeah. all I say is that if we need to not be – as casual with our relationships in the church as we've got. Yeah, good word. Another question. We can all use a reset occasionally. What reset are you in need of today? I guess, you know, we all get off track again. We we go back to 2020. We threw a lot of people off track. Um, you know, for some it was church. For a lot of people it was church. Some people still haven't gone back to church mm-hmm. since then. Uh, for some people it was a marriage because they spent 24 hours a day in the house with somebody that <laughs> they'd grown apart from and didn't even realize. Um, for others it was just... Too much time and having having a computer in front of them too much and getting into stuff online they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think about it from this standpoint. As a coach, I, I used to coach baseball at one time. And, of course, in baseball, we always talked about the fundamentals and making sure that we never neglected the fundamentals and that we always practiced. You get, you get so tired of taking ground ball after ground ball after mm-hmm. ground ball and trying to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're in the right position and you're doing the things you need to do. It gets, I've done this a hundred thousand times. Why am I doing it one more? Well, it's because the fundamentals are important and. I think about it from a, I was thinking about a, a soccer game. You know, very often a soccer game is decided one to nothing. Mm-hmm. And there's a key pass that happens that was just the most mundane pass. 
It's just a very simple flick over. 10 yards over to their to your right and it, it puts it in the right right place for that person to score a goal that one little thing was practiced tens of thousands of times mm-hmm. for it to to work and i think that we occasionally we have to say okay let's get back to our what is our fundamentals as christians and our fundamentals are being in the word it's prayer. It's being at church and being around people mm-hmm. who we we need to be around. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's how how do you how do you automatically extend grace? You practice mm-hmm. extending grace. That's right. You you do what you do the most. Mm-hmm. You automatically do what you do the most. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you're it's so just, right. It's, just like that pass. Exactly. It was an automatic thing in the game situation because they practiced it so many times. Just like putting your shoes and helmet on in transition for these triathletes when they were kids. They yeah. used to like, are you serious? We're really going to practice putting our helmet on. Well, we know in the sport of triathlon, you're not going to win a triathlon in transition, but you can definitely lose it. That's right. And yeah, some of the, it's the, um, it's that 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. Yeah. Try, right. try extending grace for 10,000 hours. Yeah. You'll be a completely different person. That's for sure. Last question. How can we get over hurt feelings without taking the kind of drastic action I did? Um, of course, you know, she left the she left the church for a little while. And um, again, I go back to that phrase that I heard from that that one pastor. You have to forgive everybody every time for everything they've ever done against you. Um, and it, it, it that's hard. Yeah, because um, the root of hurt feelings, um, again, you mentioned it's a lot of times it's something really simple, but but that root is hard to pull up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to pull up, um, and we we all want to say, well, when they apologize, then no, 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 that's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. That's exactly right. So. Uh, yeah, I know what I find many times when when my feelings are hurt over something, a lot of times it's a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, more often than not, it's even it's not even that I didn't like something. It's that I don't even understand something. Somebody a lot of times it's about what somebody said. Yeah. And so we take something somebody said and we go, well, that was an attack against me. And then you find, you know, in the background, you find out that. That had nothing to do with me, right. <laughs> zero. They were they were. I wasn't even on their mind when they said it, and I took that as a personal affront to me. Sure, and they were thinking something completely different. Happens all the time. Yeah, and so we've got to be really, really, really careful about because what we do is we assume these well, negative things. I, I go back to the. It was. I think it was a story you wrote or you told about the kid who the the football player in the school. Yeah. Hit him and knocked him down and broke his arm and all the school was up in arms against the football player. Well, come to find out, the football player didn't even know the kid was there. He just got a phone call that his sister was in the hospital or whatever it was, and and he had no idea. Mm-hmm. But him being gone the next day, tending to his sister or whatever, the whole school turned against him because mm-hmm. they they misplaced motives mm-hmm. on this guy and. We do that all the time. I, I do it all the time, mm-hmm. and um, it's why you it's why you need to go talk to people. Yeah. And so many times we just don't want to do that. It's like, well, they offended me. I'm done with them. 
That is, there's nothing about that scriptural. Nothing. And we should all have somebody that we can do that with. You know, my mother used to call me all the time. Yeah. Because my mother, she told me, she says, I know you'll tell me the truth. Uh, and she, what she knew was she knew the answer. You know, in the bottom of her heart, she knew the answer, but she just wanted somebody to say it and and make her do it that well, thing and we need we need that a few weeks ago i think i mentioned it on this podcast i was dealing with something uh, an issue with somebody and i was talking to a good friend at my church um who will absolutely just tell you the truth and he said i think you're making a big deal out of this and i was like i mean it's not what i wanted to hear at the time <laughs> you know it's one of those you have to it, you're a few hours removed for from it and then you think man jerry was right and i sent him a text and i said you're right. Yeah. we got to have those people in our life. That's right. Uh, that will speak truth. Amen. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. Let's talk about cross-training a bit. Why should we add other exercises to our routine? I mean, if we're running or we're walking, why should we do other things? I mean, it just it just rounds out it just rounds out the body. I know that sounds very simple, but it's it's true. You if if you work one muscle, especially opposing muscles, you you always need to do that. But it's just overall fitness. Um, it makes you feel better. It's sort of like why don't why would you not eat the exact same meal every day, right? Because you need other nutrients, right? And it's the same thing with cross training, I guess, right? So, you know, cross training, obviously, variety is just nice to start with. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one reason to do cross training. Um, you burn calories more efficiently when mm-hmm. you do things at different intensities, and typically, when you do different exercises, you typically do them at different intensities. Um, you obviously, the stronger you are, you insulate yourself from injury. Uh, and just you're just in better shape overall. It's well, just, and if you're talking weight, especially if yeah. it's some kind of uh, resistance training, I mean, we know is as you grow older, you lose muscle, mm-hmm. and trying to maintain that that is a battle that's never won. Yeah. And so, and it's we're not talking about bulking and being big. It's it's being fit. Yeah. Uh, because you you don't get it and keep it. Yeah. You. You're, we're constantly losing it, so we need to do something to counteract that. Well, that's been a stark reality for me recently. I've realized I was having a hard time just going, squatting down and getting back up. Yeah. Just just getting back up from a, a yeah. squat was hard. Yeah. I'm like, I've really gotten weak. And so I've, I've started doing some exercises to strengthen myself, and sure. it's making a difference. And it doesn't have to be complicated. No. Simple. It, it doesn't have to be a lot either. Right. Yeah. It just has to be a little bit. I mean, I'm spending 10, 15 minutes three times a week maybe. Yeah. And it's making a huge difference. Yeah. 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 So you can do things, you know, weights. Uh, there's body weight exercises. That's what I like to do. That's what I do. Um, 
you know, cycling and swimming are real good replacements for running. Um, and then there's, but then I want to talk about too, there's other things too. Realize that when you go out and you do yard work, that's really good for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cross training. Mm-hmm. That's something that's really good for you. If you work in a job where you're on your feet and you're doing physical activity all day long, that's good cross training for what you're doing. That may not be aerobic cross training, mm-hmm. but it, but it's good cross training. By the way, I heard recently that one of the best predictors of um, longevity, how long we're going to live, is VO2 max. The better the, the VO2 max, the longer you'll live. Really? That's good news for Run Club members. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're all working on. <laughs> all right. It's a time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, we're all familiar with road construction crews, and we typically don't have a positive thought about that. But let me talk about one you probably don't know about. This one is called Highway 6. Highway 6 is a road that runs across Iowa and links Council Bluffs on the western side of the state to Davenport on the eastern side of the state. At one time, it was one of the most important roads in all of Iowa. With development of the interstate system, much of Highway 6 has become a lesser used local road, but it's still there. The most interesting thing about Highway 6 is that construction was completed on June 25, 1910. Not only was it completed that day, but it was also started that day as well. As a matter of fact, the 380-mile road known as Highway 6 in Iowa was built in one hour by 10,000 farmers. (laughs) How long did it take for the last road construction project close to you? (laughs) This makes me feel like I wasted my last Saturday morning. (laughs) If someone were to ask, would it be possible to build a 380-mile road in an hour? The resounding answer would be, no way. Keep in mind, there was no social media to, to organize. There wasn't even the nightly news at that point. But when you consider that each farmer was only responsible for an average of 200 feet of road, it seems much more doable, doesn't it? And then look at the fact that farmers have tractors, and we're talking about a time when most roads were made of dirt, and you can see it happening. An incredible achievement, to be sure, but it's not a stretch to believe it. When people get together, incredible things can happen, especially when those people are focused on the same goal. It is amazing how much easier it is to do hard things when you have someone else working with you. And that goes for running, too. I bet if you ask the most successful runners if they had people who helped them along the way, almost all of them would say yes. Most successful 5K Challenge graduates had someone who would babysit or a spouse who supported them or a friend who ran with them. Having help is a good thing. I'd even go so far as to say that it can be essential. The problem is that many people don't like to ask for help. And another significant portion of the population try to avoid crowds when possible. I fall into that group myself. Well, okay, actually, (laughs) I'm in both groups. But you know what? I never regret running with someone else. I never regret uh, going to a crowded place to run in a group. I may not ask for help, and I definitely feel like a fish out of water in crowds, but I could list dozens of people who have helped me on my running journey over the years. I happen to be blessed with a drive to get out and run on my own, but many people are not wired that way. If that's you, 
don't hesitate to find a helper. There are running groups all over the country. There are runners in nearly every community. And there are many people who don't know they need to run. They just need someone to talk them into it. (laughs) Find a group. Find a partner. Find someone, anyone, who can help you reach your goals. The story of the farmers in Iowa reminds me of, of Nehemiah's quest to restore the wall. Building the wall in Jerusalem was just as daunting as building a 380-mile road. Both seemed impossible to those around them. Nehemiah had to endure listening to the naysayers, and they got pretty loud. I bet there were naysayers in Iowa in 1910, too. And I know I've seen running naysayers. One of the reasons Nehemiah was successful is that he knew he had a community of people who were also determined to succeed. When one farmer knew that there would be 10,000 more with the same goal as him, it made that job much easier and more exciting to boot. Nehemiah rebuilt rebuilt the wall 2,500 years ago. The Iowa farmers built Highway 6 100 years ago. And we're still talking about both of them because they were hard things to accomplish. Chances are your task is much smaller, but it is just as significant to you as a wall or a road was to those who completed them. So if you already have a support group, that's great. If you don't, what are you waiting for? Maybe you can even create your own by organizing a 5K challenge class. You'd be amazed how rewarding that can be. I love that story. 380 miles in an hour. I mean, they replaced a bridge right down here um, on Lake Francis Road just right down. It took them like a year to to replace a (laughs) 37-foot culvert and bridge. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's amazing. I, but I believe it. I mean, absolutely. It's it's yeah. Yeah, we we com- we've complicated a lot of things nowadays for sure. <laughs> we have, and roads are nicer. I they mean, are. You know, they are, and it's it does take a lot more work to to build a road today than it did back then. But but still, um, it just illustrates. No, I would say it took took more work back then well, than today. Because I mean, nowadays we have physically, yeah, we have all this machinery that. Runs on GPS and and yeah, I mean the the work, the the uh, manual labor was much more back then than it is today for yeah. sure. Yeah, I just how did these people? How did they get together? How did the farmers notify one another they were all going to do it? That's the part that mystifies me. How do you get ten thousand people together? Well, I mean, most of the farmers back then they were a member of some kind of civic organization, maybe. You know, I don't know FFA or F- Farmers of America, or whatever. And I'm sure they were members of their local group because they all get together to to buy good. I mean, co-ops co-ops yeah. were created, I think, long before that. Yeah. And so you probably had a series of co-ops that got together and said, "Hey, we need a road from here to there. Let's make this happen." I yeah. can see how it how yeah. it happened for sure. But this the whole. I mean, okay, you're you're in charge of this section and you're in charge of this section and you know what i mean just and organizing 10,000 people to do that just yeah. seems seems pretty daunting yeah um, with with the methods they had to do it now in today's world with social media you'd think well that could be easy but you'd never see yeah but then you get everybody's opinions thrown in that's, well we don't need to do it that way that, that'll wreck anything <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point uh well, I don't know. You know, one of the things in, in just kind of looking at this story that I didn't realize, did you know that 99% of road roads that are that are dug up today are recycled? Oh, yeah. We're dealing with it right now. We're, yeah. We just paved a new road down here at Patterson, 
and we've got some bad spots in it, and the bad spots are the recycled material that didn't get milled good enough. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's it's great yeah. that they can recycle it, but it does does cause some issues. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Well, it's it's always good to to ask for a little help. I'm not good at asking for help. You know, we've <laughs> we've talked on here before about um, putting up the tent at cross country meets. And and how much faster that gets done when it's not me doing it by myself, right? Uh, and uh, uh, you're pretty good about getting people uh, to get up off their rear ends and yeah. get it done. And um, yeah, I guess my problem is I, I, this sounds so petty, and, and and I guess it is. But as soon as I see the way they folded that tarp up. That's what, yeah, that's mine and your Achilles heel. Yes. Oh, it drives me crazy. It's like, how hard is it to fold it up nice and neat? Yeah, we have our way of doing it. But many times, if you're going to ask for help, you've got to relinquish some. You do. Some. uh, You do. Yeah. Remember David Hendricks and the, the, oh, the trailer? And the trailer. Man, oh, my goodness. But that trailer was neat as a pen. But I finally had to say, you do it your way, David. Yeah. And, man, he, yeah. He, he got it done. <laughs> he got it done. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, I remember I, I, the, the high school time when I used to run with somebody in the mornings, um, having somebody to hold me accountable to, to running. If um, We had to get up before school and, and go for a run every day when I was in high school, and having somebody that I knew I was going to meet to run that morning made me get out there and get it done. Big difference. And, uh, yeah, just – Getting into groups, even if it's just pairs, whatever it is, um, can help you get things done. And uh, we need to find those people who can help us get things done. At Run for God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run for God station on J Radio. Every week I share a reason why running or walking is so awesome. And this this week is kind of goes what we're just talking about. It may be the greatest activity to do in pairs because when you run together with somebody, you know, yesterday we spent time on the track together mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we, we aired it. We talked about a bunch of things, covered a whole bunch of ground in, in that, I don't know, however long, 30 minutes or whatever it was we were on the track. And, um, it, it's that's one of the nice things about running sure is that we can do that um also when uh, there's a couple of things you get when you run it's uh obviously when you run with somebody else you have a constant and consistent encourager we've mm-hmm. been talking about that this whole podcast um but then you also have the suffering aspect that you have somebody with you who understands mm-hmm. how hard it is. And so it's a lot easier to encourage and do those things. Yeah, you, you say in your notes, so there's a sympathetic encourager. I don't yeah. know that that's always the case, especially well, with you. You're not, a, some, you're not a sympathetic. You're going to hate yourself tomorrow. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but sometimes we need that, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so this this really sad thing happened in the in the mountains of Italy. Apparently, this runner went out to go for a run and he didn't come home. 
Mm. And they went out to check for him, and they found out that he'd been attacked by a bear. And, um, you know, I don't know that I would go running anywhere where there had been a bear attack. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't worry much about animals as far as, you know, like a lot of people are really worried about dogs when they go for a run. I yeah. don't worry too much about dogs. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just because I know how to handle them. But, man, the idea of, of well, they're, a bear. They're, you know, they're 30 pounds. You yeah. Gotta, See, well, I'm not going to go running in a place where there's a 2,000-pound thing that wants to take my life. Yeah. I, so many people, too, when it comes to bears, they're like, well, it's you got to watch out for the brown bears. Black bears aren't too bad. Brown bears. Those are the ones you got to worry about. Or, you know, obviously, grizzly bears. And, it's but, a bear. It's a bear. I don't care. I don't care what color it is. I don't care what its attitude is. I don't care where it came from. It's a bear. I don't want to be anywhere near it. Uh, Yeah. One one might be more aggressive than than the other, but they're all dangerous. Yeah, uh, for sure. I was reading an article about uh, uh, the guy who was attacked, and they said that uh, if you're attacked by a bear, the way you should deal with it is you should put your – Put your hands behind your neck and, and kind of cover your head with your elbows and lay face down and be still. How hard would that be to do while a bear is attacking you? The problem with that is I've heard many different things that you're supposed to. I've heard that you're to run zigzag through the woods. Really? Because a bear okay. can't. They're, 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 I don't know what it is. They can't track you very good when you're. Running zigzag and all the trees and all that, I've heard play dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Run zigzag or play dead. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. so I don't, I don't know things. what you're supposed yeah. to do. I did see a video of of a kid. The kid was probably about nine years old. I think I've seen that. Have you video. seen that yeah. video? And he's the bear's like really close. Yeah. I mean, like that bear could be on him in in a second. And the kid just starts being very careful and very slow, and he's moving really slow, walking away from this bear. Every once in a while, he turns around, he looks behind him, and then he keeps walking forward. And the bear just kind of, you can tell the bear's looking at him. Like he's confused. But um, eventually, the kid gets away from the bear. This kid isn't doing anything that society said. He's not running and he's not yeah. playing dead. So so maybe that's the right thing is just walk away slowly. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's that's right in the middle of the two things you hear. That's right. <laughs> it is. It is. But they say the worst thing you can do is make a lot of noise or, or do any kind of fast movements. Right. And, uh, of course, running zigzag, that's fast movements. Yeah. So I don't know. But it's all – it's called kind of interesting, but this may be the reason why I stay out of the woods. Yeah. Um, and just as a disclaimer, don't don't take our advice for what to do if a bear is on you. Absolutely. Yeah. We are not experts, so we did not offer advice here because we're saying we don't know what to do. The, these are these are what we read. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they may be right. They may be wrong. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I had a kid uh, that graduated from high school the same year as my son did. And he took a year off from college before he went to college and he hiked the Appalachian Trail. The idea of staying overnight outside, he did it by himself. Mm-hmm. By myself, it's really scary. <laughs> the idea of all those animals being around, I don't know. That that unnerves me a little bit. Well, and on the AT, the people, there's some – I know yeah. a few guys that have hiked that, and they said there's some strange people yeah. out there. You yeah. know, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and a lot of times they have camps. Yeah. And he's felt pretty uncomfortable at some of those camps. 
before yeah. not to mention the animals. I, I don't think I don't think I could do it. Who was the guy? Was it? It wasn't. You don't know. It was. This was from Northwest. Oh, okay. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. I can't remember it. Horseman. Daniel okay. Horseman. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a cool thing that he did it. I mean, he I, he did it, and then he went to college, and then he went to college and ran really well in college. He, I think he ran a like a thirty-two ten. Wow, ten k at one point in college, um, he, he got pretty good. Yeah, so uh, it, it worked out for him. You know, a lot of people say if you try to take time off after you graduate from high school, you'll never go to college. But he he proved that one wrong right. and, and accomplished something in between. Um, yeah, and here's another dangerous thing about running out in the woods and stuff. Is I was a guy at church recently asked me. He said, "Have you ever run in Prentice Cooper Park?" I'm like, I've heard of it, but I've never been there. And Lane runs there some. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Um, it's a very popular trail to run on in in the Chattanooga area, just outside of Chattanooga. And uh, he said that he hunts there, and he's seen runners run by him while he's out hunting. And that he is, he, he saw one time he thought there was a deer. It was kind of white, and he, he thought it was a deer, and he was getting ready to start aiming, and he realized it was a, it was a runner with a water bottle taking a drink and um that's really scary i didn't realize people hunt in some of these places where they have these trails yeah a lot of the especially the wmas the wildlife management areas yeah. they're they're open for hunting in the fall well dean's not going running on any trails in the fall <laughs> yeah because i don't care who you are i mean if if a guy's in a deer stand and you're 200 yards away running He's going to get a better look at you. And guess how he's going to do that? Through his scope. Through his scope. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, that is an unnerving feeling because it, it's it's just the fact. I mean, yeah. they, people can say all day long, no, I would never do that. Yes, yes, they do. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure because that's the way you need to be able to see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really scary. So having crosshairs on you, even if it's just to get a look at you, is not a comforting feeling. One oh. sneeze and boom, you're history wow well all right let's uh let's leave you with this trivia question for this week um we're going to try another kind of a semi-trivia question <clears throat> i'm looking for the best explained answer here not just it's not right or wrong you don't have to necessarily agree with me i just want to hear you explain this right so here it is what is the most important type of run that you do and why you know, is it an easy run? Is it a tempo run? Is it a long run? Is it a track workout? What is the most important run that you do and why? Because I think we're going to agree that there is no correct answer here. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. There isn't. There is not. You're wanting the best explained answer yeah. for what's good for you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, be creative in like your answers. It. Send it to Dean at RunForGod.com, and uh, the person with the best answer, um, I will will we'll award you a $20 off in the uh, Run for God store. Hmm. So, uh, cash. All right. We'll leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It's one of my favorite. Yeah. Comes from Thomas Edison. He says, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Hmm. <laughs> I like it. That is a good one. Yeah. We see uh, um, all the great things that you see in life that, that have come out of whatever come from people who work hard sure i mean people don't happen up on stuff mm-hmm. even you know, a lot of people like to use the post-it note that somebody invented that by accident yeah somebody invented that by accident 
but there was a lot of work that was going into what they were doing. Sure. Right? So, uh, yeah, no, big stuff doesn't happen by chance. All right. We are 161 episodes in and uh, still going strong. So if you're out there and um, you're listening to this podcast, share this podcast with somebody else. Share it, rate us, give us a review, a five-star. We don't need a one-star. That's right. Um, email it to somebody. It 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 helps. It really does help. We don't do a lot of advertising for them. We don't really do any advertising for this podcast. So the the the... I, the thought that this has grown to the size it has is a testament to you, the listener, uh, because it's definitely not the guys to sing. That's for sure. So thank you. <laughs> and until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.